Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. And uh, we are one day late for our weekend wrap-up, but we're doing it on a Tuesday night. Beautiful day in the city of Vancouver. And, of course, uh, Jason Cameron is joining us to do that. Uh, Glad we could do it tonight. Uh, I had to postpone it a day because of a concert I went to last night. The band Moist was playing down at the Commodore Ballroom and had some tickets and went down there. Uh, They made an announcement partway through the night that uh, they've been doing this for 30 years. And they said, you've been able to give us this lifestyle and not have a job for 30 years. So thank you very much. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, Commodore is always a fantastic place to see a show. And uh, thanks for being accommodating and uh, switching it to a Tuesday. Uh, how's how's the last uh, three, four days been for you? How was the weekend? How was Monday and coming into Tuesday today? Uh, weekend was great, by the way. Thank you for asking. It was uh, one of my uh, one of my best friends. It was his birthday. Sweet. Uh, so we went out for that uh, because he lives out in North Van. Mm. And we just did a ton of stuff, like more stuff than I, I was prepared for. Nice. Like we just traveled. But everything awesome. was within walking distance. So we went to microbreweries. We right. went to Seaside Lounge. We wow. went to, we went bold. And then we went cool. to a great Italian restaurant after it was all said and done. It was, it was a great night. Oh, really. brilliant. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. I can't believe all the stuff that you were able to do. Uh, yeah, that's great. All in a, all in a day and a night. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah all in a day and a night. And then um, the last couple of days was just like getting in some rest. And then as soon as the week started, Oh, go back to my rehab and getting that done and going to see my physiotherapist today and just a lot more like working out and stuff. And, and also too, um, just, uh, getting my new ride in shape and getting it detailed and cleaned out completely now. And I think everything is pretty much set in stone. There's just a couple other things I got to do. That's it though. Great. Uh, it's, it's wow. How do you like the new ride? Is it uh, treating you pretty good? It's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's, okay. it's great. It's a great wow. car. Man. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, all the stuff that I actually had to do was just all aesthetic stuff. Great. Everything else that counts is in great working order. Um, I've checked it. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, it's awesome good. to hear, man. Oh, good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Glad for you. Yeah, after um, what you went through losing your car, I'm um, glad it uh, it worked out really well. Yeah, I, again, got lucky. Got got great friends, great family that looked out for me and stuff. So it worked out well in my favor. And as, a, as I know, it could not have worked. It could not have gone that way, but I'm super happy that it did go my way and it worked out as well as it did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, my weekend was super busy. Um, after work on Friday, went uh, down to the new Tappan Barrel on Granville Island, uh, the former Bridges. Have you been down there yet for uh, the new place? Yep. yep. Great place. Yeah. Really fantastic. They did an amazing job refurbishing it. Great decks and awesome place. Uh, had a really fun night there. Uh, Saturday, decided to go and uh, check out the Lions again. Uh, did you hear uh, that they just absolutely stomped the game? Uh, they're uh, six and one on the year, and they won a game forty-six to fourteen. Just absolutely blasted Edmonton, and uh, it was it was phenomenal. The the quarterback at halftime for the for the Lions, the guy from Victoria, Canada, here, five TD passes. 
He ran for one himself, and he was 29 for 32 for 431 yards at the half. All right, okay, so what, what's the name of his quarterback? Because he sounds like the next coming of Warren Moon. That, that's yeah, yeah, Nathan Rourke is his name. And, uh, yeah, man, I I honestly think that uh, we're going to see him in the NFL. He's uh, he's going to, you know, he's, he's just lighting the league on fire. And this is his rookie year. He's just kicking butt, and he just looks like so poised. He looks like he can run an offense. Um, I think, uh, yeah, look out. I think, uh, an NFL team's going to give him a shot after this season. Uh, he's, he's throwing for 400. He's, he's set records every week. It seems like, and he's throwing for like over 400 yards, uh, game in game out. The guy's been awesome. So let me guess, like, I know, I know it's early still in the season, but they're six and one. They got to be odds on favorite to like, to win the great cup. Uh, they're probably second favorite because, uh, Winnipeg blue bombers, uh, have won the gray cup the last two seasons. Um, they had a hiatus a little bit because of the, of COVID, but, uh, the last two seasons, they had a great cup Winnipeg's won, And this year they're nine and oh, so, um, they beat BC. (laughs) There was a head to head battle with BC. They beat BC, not convincing, not like crazy blowout or anything, but it was pretty competitive. But uh, Winnipeg is the class of the league, and I think the Lions are probably second, second in the league. So, oh, okay. Well, that hey, that's that's great for us. It gives us yeah. something to cheer for because the Lions haven't been great for a while. But this last kid- year, last year I believe the record was five and thirteen, and you know they've had a you know, they've had the struggles for uh, the the better part of the last uh, yeah this decade for sure, and it's uh, it's been a while since they've been really super competitive. So. Um, yeah, and it seems like he's kind of the only big change on the team. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he's doing it. It's shocking the heck out of everybody. He's setting records for uh, Canadian uh, as well as just, you know, all the uh, things that he's bringing to the table uh, in a rookie year. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's just been phenomenal watch. And, and I've been to three games. Couldn't have been more entertained. And, uh, yeah, I think the buzz just has to pick up. And, you know, I think there's going to be some really, really big crowds as the season progresses. Yeah, man, because it's very rare for any team to literally catch lightning in a bottle, which they did with this particular rookie quarterback. And you got to ride that guy. You got to ride the wave as long as you can. And hopefully this wave is going to last for a long time until he jumps in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, he – He's probably going to get some NFL offers soon. And, uh, you know, he said growing up, uh, obviously playing professional football was his goal and playing in the NFL is where he wanted. Uh, he said he didn't get any interest, so he turned to the TFL. And, his, you know, he said, my focus and dedication is with this team that gave me an opportunity. And, you know, I, I, you know, I want to do my best with these guys. But, yeah, if NFL offers come, I'll listen. So, you know, that's that's understandable. But. Uh, as we have them now, um, you know, go, you know, anybody that's watching and listening to this podcast, book some, uh, you know, buy some tickets for their upcoming games. They, they've got a game near the end of the month uh, against Saskatchewan, and uh, it's going to be great. And, yeah, I, I, you know, I plan to be at a bunch of games, and, and it had been a few years since I had been. Uh, I used to be really dedicated to going, and they, they, they really lost 
interest for me, but this year, um, you know, I've picked it back up and I'm so happy I did. Well, it sounds like I'm going to have to catch a game or two myself because I, it, it's hard to really root for a team that is just a perennial loser yeah. year in, year out. But I am super happy to hear that they've uh, reversed their uh, their their fate here and that they're, they're now a winning team yeah. with the addition of this one dude. Which it's is awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah, super awesome. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm really happy we went. Had a blast as usual. Um Sunday we went to a place called Good Co. They they've just seemed to um, just emerge on the scene, and uh, I think they have six locations now. Uh, went to the place in in um, Steveston, uh, brand new location, uh, great place. Uh, they they said they have great music, great sports, and games, and all of them have uh, video games that you can play in the bar. Uh, really cool place. They got one down on Granville. Saw that one last night, actually. Um, they've got one uh, in North Van, Kitsilano, Steveston, and maybe one other spot. But, yeah, it's. Uh, I recommend if you um, get a chance, go check them out. Uh, I was super impressed with them. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. They've got really fun games that you can play while you're having drinks. And, and uh, yeah, I think, like, five or six just opened all in one shot and uh really neat really neat spot oh well i'm, I'm definitely gonna have to try it out test it out mm -hmm. for sure because it's that sounds fantastic sounds great yeah yeah really cool and that concert last night was fun uh, i'm glad we went uh moist uh 30 30 years they've been doing music um yeah some of the big hits are from back then but uh they've uh yeah released a few um released some music recently and uh back out there and it was a blast commodore's amazing and uh we had so much fun um as i was preparing uh for the podcast today i started looking at some breaking news and some things that we could discuss tonight and and uh, the first thing that came up was pretty shocking news uh uh sam alvey is just on a massive roll and i couldn't believe that he got a six-figure contract offer today, and I was like, wow, this guy is on, like, a serious, serious, serious role. Uh, he signed the six-year contract with a funeral home. Uh, he's uh, His UFC career is over. He has to uh, look at some other alternatives. Um, he's... Oh, and eight with eight finishes in his ending to his USC career. Uh, set a record for the longest losing streak to finish off a career. Way to go, Sam Elvey. Woohoo! You set a record. Uh, can you believe that they gave him that many opportunities? We talked about him like a few months ago that his career was done and he got another shot and, uh, he walked out of the octagon with a broken jaw this time. He had to get it wired shut today. And um, his whole entire family, I think he has like six kids. Yes. They were all there in the crowd watching. Um, Great. You know you know who also uh, said they want to sign him today? Jake Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy how that works. Crazy. Oh, uh, man. Well, first off, I just want to say about Sam Alvey. Uh I think he's such a good, probably company guy yeah. that they were just like, you know what? You're good. You're straight with us, blah, blah, blah. We like you. 
We'll keep trotting you out there. But, you know, it's not looking great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and also, too, that dude in that in that fight, uh, Oleg, oh, man, jeez. Yeah. Oleg Sejuk, I think. I got he has it. a tough name, yeah. It's yeah, a tough, tough name. Okay, so that dude was just hunting like he was hunting for prey. Yeah. And he was just, he was not, he was absolutely not worried about what was coming back at him. Mm-hmm. And he was just throwing huge shots. And that one shot that I'm pretty sure that's the one that broke his jaw. Like, I give Alvi credit for not going out immediately. Immediately, so, yeah. Yeah. He kept at it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He did. yeah uh, he, he's, he's tough and he's, you know, he can take a shot. But um, yeah, it was, uh, it, to me, it was a bad look. I think, yeah. you know, he probably should have been done a little while ago. Uh, he, you know, he was a company man. He would accept short notice fights. He always, you know, came into the octagon smiling, Sam Alvey. He always had a great attitude. But, you know, this is the preeminent uh, MMA organization on the planet. And, uh, you know, to be trotting guys out there when they're on a six, seven, eight fight losing streak, it's it's not a good look. I don't, I don't think. That you know the the you know the UFC UFC should be allowing that and uh, you know uh, he beat BJ Penn's record and BJ Penn was you know one of the greatest fighters of, of his day but you know should have hung him up years before he did and and yeah. a lot of fighters that are a lot of kids that saw BJ Penn in those la- later days have a very very poor view of BJ Penn. Where yeah. if he would have hung him up and he would have went out, you know, near the top, uh, you know, he would have been regarded so much higher. And Sam Alvey was great at at times in his career, but man, that was tough to watch. I just knew that they were throwing him out to the wolves again. And, you know, this guy was a predator. He just oh, yeah. came oh, in yeah. there and said, I'm taking this guy's head off and look yeah. out. Yeah, I know, and, and he he literally did that. He yeah. he took his head off, and you know, like I, I, okay. So at the beginning of the fight, you see his family there, and I'm like, mm. yeah. In my head, I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's yeah. actually what I thought. I thought about it, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. I don't know yeah. if the kids should be seeing what's gonna happen next. But I'm like, hey, but hey, I could be wrong, <laughs> and then I was not. So, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was tough. Um, the other big breaking news is uh Kevin Durant is a complete uh I don't know what to I don't even know. I I have all these negative uh, I just wanna I wanna just call him out and say how much of a complete uh, he is like <laughs> he brought in Steve Nash, said, Hey, me. I want this guy my coach. I worked with him in Golden State, great guy, Hall of Famer. One of the greatest point guards of all time. Bring him in. We'll we'll play for him. And now he goes to the owner and says, "Hey, if you don't get rid of him and our general manager Sean Marks, I'm not here." Like, how can Brooklyn have the three biggest assholes of the NBA <laughs> all together? They got rid of Harden, who was a horrible teammate for many, many, many years. Kyrie Irving, probably the biggest out of the whole league. And then KD now steps up and he's like, no, I'm actually a bigger dick than all everybody <laughs> in the league. And yeah, F you. And it's just like maddening. This guy used to have respect 
for me and many others. And I, I've lost so much respect for KD and the way he operates. And can you believe that he would go to the owner and say that? Does he actually think that the owner would would make that kind of a move? It's uh, it's pretty arrogant and pretty brutal. All right. There's just like, there's so much to unpack right there. Like, there's just so much. Okay, so, okay, let's start with the coaches first off. Yeah. Chucky Atkins was the former coach before they got rid of him for KD and Kyrie to get Steve Nash. Chucky Atkins is one heck of a great coach. Sure. And he actually has experience. Yeah. He has tenure, which Steve Nash, you know, God bless his soul, does not. And also, too, on top of that, even with Steve Nash being there, how hard is it to try to run that offense knowing that those two are just going to do their own thing anyways? Yeah. And then you have to have some sort of motion with everybody else and then be able to offset it. And it's his first time coaching, by the way. Yeah. And just like try to make an offense geared around those two, but also to trying to be inclusive with everybody else. Yeah. Right. Really, really hard thing to do. Oh. And now you want to get rid of them. Weird. Second, Sean Marks is one of the best GMs in the NBA. Yeah. He's actually that good. Yeah. I, You know, all he did and Joe Sy did is say, well, what do you want to do? And then they made it all happen. Yeah. So if anybody's got like a like, like finger pointing to do, it's to you. Yes, some of the stuff that uh, Sean Marks has done, like not actually having some wings that can actually defend, that's on him. All right? right. But a lot of that, a lot of that has to fall on KD and Kyrie's shoulders. Okay, yeah, yeah. like like just like just a ton of that stuff, a ton of it. And I just want to throw in there too. Then you you wanted your buddy who's now gone, DeAndre uh, Jordan, to yeah. play with you, who's past his expiration date. Sorry to say it, yeah. it's very true. And then you got rid of Jared Allen, who became an All Star the next year, and you gave him away for I think a bag of peanuts. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like they didn't notice that. I think Joe Sy and them are like, well, we rather would have like traded Jordan, kept Jared Allen. Yeah. Couldn't do that because that's not what you wanted. All right. Like, what else did you want him to do? Like, until eventually Joe Sy says, you know what? I'm like the owner. This is my team. Yeah. I'm the billionaire. You are a highly compensated employee. All right. Enough to know. I'm yeah. putting my foot down. Because, like, I'm the boss. We're done. Yeah. We're done. I hope that's uh, the way they handle this because, yeah, you know, I think he's burned his bridge 100% fully there. <laughs> I, I, you know, I would be really, really, really upset with that whole organization if they cater to what he wants and get rid of, you know, those guys and, and just say, okay, what do you want? What do you need next, KD? Because uh, everything that he's asked for has blown up in their face has not worked out and yeah it's it's ridiculous how he's he's being and he could he could have stayed in golden state and he might be a a four-time champion five-time champion and you know considered one of the the greatest of all time and you know he's starting to um get a legacy of somebody that was you know amazingly uber talented but a guy that was just unable to be a good teammate and just, you know, just ran everybody else out of town. And uh, it's it's shocking how he, his attitude has uh, gotten worse and worse and worse as the as his careers went on. 
Well, maybe he's taking too many notes from Kyrie. You know, like, I'm, I'm sorry. And, hey, I get it. That's your guy, uh, Kevin Durant. Like, that's your, that's one of your best friends. I, I get it. But, you know, that dude just kind of does his own thing, marches to his own drum. And I think I heard there was a report, I believe I'm writing this, where they were willing to give him that contract that I, Irving wanted, but there had to be amendments made in the contract to make ensure that, you know, he would play, would play. the all game right. yeah. Yeah. of basketball. <laughs> yeah. Basketball, all right? Yeah. That, that's all they wanted. They wanted to make sure that he would play some games. You know what Kyrie was like? What are you talking about? Absolutely non-starter. Non-starter. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, so you don't want to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. It, no, it's it's crazy. Basketball, you know, has had ego pro, pro, guys with ego problems uh, a lot over the years. But, um, you know, this is a guy that's, that's throwing away, you know, the possibility of, of winning, you know, multiple championships. We talked about Bill Russell and the class and 11 titles, you know, and we're going to, you know, look at KD years after he's gone and we're going to say, yeah, he won three titles, but crap, holy cow. Uh, well, no, he's won two, so two, two, two. titles, yeah, and, uh, you know, what a wasted opportunity he had in his career if he would have, you know, just got along and knew how to – you know, play with teammates properly. Uh, it's just, it's shocking to me. And, and his, um, his luster has really, really taken a huge hit for me in the last few years. And uh, I, I can't believe how, how far he's sinking. Uh, this is, this is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the one thing about Russell, what he's always done with his teammates was he sacrificed parts of his game yeah. so that the hole was better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Katie could have done that with Gold State sacrifice put his ego aside for the betterment of the team because the team was absolutely ridiculous like you know like I, I, if katie had stayed how many more championships could they have had exactly yeah yeah but yeah. but he wanted to be his own man he wanted to go in his own way okay that's fine that's cool but that didn't work out so well for you so far it just no. it really hasn't so maybe it's like uh, well maybe you should just get traded somewhere and then just see how that works without trying to call your own shot all the time. Yeah. Maybe that works out better. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this outburst definitely doesn't make it any easier on Sean Marks and Joe Sy to uh, get rid of this problem and, and uh, give them to somebody else. Cause um, yeah, I, I think his value diminished a lot today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. And also too, yeah, let's be honest. It looks like those two are going to be playing for the Nets for a while, at least for the, for the like the start of this season, it looks like they're they're going to be on the team, all right. So they're just going to have to get on board and play some games. And Kyrie might actually have to play this year yeah. if he wants that big contract. If he wants it, might not though. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Pretty brutal, pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, let's get on to some uh, better talk. Uh, we had a really good UFC card this past Saturday. It actually was. The second card in the history of the UFC where they did not need the judges. No decisions, all finishes. Loved it right from the start. Started writing down, hey, no judges needed for this one. All the whole prelim card. Wow. Haven't uh, went to a decision yet. And then we got the main card as well. Uh, great to see 
that the judges weren't needed because uh, I hate judges. I just don't like them, don't need them, don't want them. If they could just get rid of them all and just have finishes from this point forward, I would love this sport even 10 times more than I do. Yeah, well, that it, it, it would be great if every UFC was like this one. That would be fantastic. Or if the judges, you know, some of the, some judges know what they're doing. And there's a lot of judges that have no idea what they're doing. I wish all of the judges were competent enough to know what they're doing and what they see out there in the octagon so that you don't ruin some of these guys' careers with your poor decision-making or your poor point, points that you allocate towards the fight, you know, like the way no. that you do that. Because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. No, I right? don't know what you're doing. And there's too many, too many of them, way too many of them. It's crazy these days. Um, the only other UFC card that had 100% finishes was Rockhold Bisping 2014. They were 11 for 11 on that card, all finishes. Um, let's see who else was on this card. Al Iaquinta beat Ross Pearson, Robert Whitaker, uh, had a nice big victory. We had, um, yeah, uh, Sam Alvey was on that card, amazingly enough. Uh, he had a victory knockout in the first round. Uh, yeah, and it took it took another eight years before we had another card that was uh, all finishes. And um, in the main event, Jamal Hill called himself Mr. Apex. He said, uh, I haven't lost in this uh, octagon when I've come in here. Uh, he is now 5-0 and with one no contest. And uh, Sweet Dreams was a great nickname again for him. Uh, he was able to come in and, uh, man, show a dominating performance against Thiago Santos where um, you look at the two standing next to each other. I am not afraid of Jamal Hill when I'm looking at him. I'm very, very uh, hesitant to uh, throw any punches towards Santos, but um, Hill uh, proved himself as uh, one of those up-and-coming prospects that really probably will be holding a UFC belt one day because, man, what a performance. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Uh, oh, how about this? Both men actually really came out and showed sure. their stuff in this sure. fight. Like, it was it was a great fight. Yeah. I actually love Santos' approach in the fight. I just knew that trying to fight that way, his gas tank had to be at Olympic levels. Right. For him to get that accomplished, yeah. I understood why they were doing it, the path of least resistance. But at the same time, the Jamal Hill's takedown defense was stellar. Amazing. All, yeah. all, all yeah. night. Anytime all that night. he hit the canvas, he was just right back up oh, immediately, up. too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, his defense was great. But to be able to get back up with that guy who's a lot bigger, yes. you know, yeah, and, and to just be able to. No, you know, immediate backup, so you're not taking abuse on the ground. It was it was very key to that win. Yeah, very key. And once it got to like the third round, and I believe Santos won that with his grappling, right? Yeah. But I knew I'm like, does he have enough of a gas tank for two more rounds of doing that? Right. I I I wasn't confident anymore. So I'm like, yeah. they were already slowing down both of them by the end of the round two. All right. Yeah. 
And now you're asking yourself, I got three more rounds of heavy wrestling centric fighting. Yeah. Three rounds. Yeah. Like the idea would work because he was beginning as the rounds were going on, it was getting harder and harder for Hill to stand up, but he was getting up, but it was taking him longer and longer. Right. right. But at the same time, it's like, dude, I, I don't know if you can keep that up. And he could not. No. He could not. It like it was yeah. it was almost like who is going to last outlast the other guy? That's what this fight felt like to me, especially yeah. in the cardio sense. Sure. Jamal Hills was better. Yeah. And and it was kind of surprising in, in a in a certain sense because Santos has had a lot of five round fights and Hill has not. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you wondered if Hill could withstand it. But um the uh Santos's cornermen were yelling at him, hey, man, what are you doing? This is not a bar fight. I do I, not yes. want a bar fight. And he was just swinging <laughs> so hard. He the, the punches he was throwing, if they connected, they were yeah. going to knock out anybody on the planet. But but they were looping punches that Hill was able to easily get out of the way of. They weren't straight shots. And he got tired. If he wouldn't have put so much energy into trying to have a bar fight, he had a shot at this if he would have, Done some takedowns early, got some ground and pound. I, I I think he would have had a better better outcome, but but yeah, he got tired. Hill took advantage, and Hill showed that he's better uh, at this point. Point and uh, look out the, the rest of this division. Uh, he went. He, he he's gonna move up. Uh, I think you know top five guy is is next for him. Uh, look out. Oh uh, yeah. Indefinitely, indefinitely. And also, too, the one another thing about Jamal Hill was he let the technique do the work. Yeah. He wasn't always throwing with power, not like Santos, sure. right? Yeah. And you you knew between these two guys, one power shot between one of these two, and it's, it's lights out. Yeah. And unfortunately for Santos, Hill got to him first. Yeah. Exactly. And, he, and he also, too, he got to him early. He got, he got shook a couple times. Sure. I don't remember in that fight where Santos actually shook Hill. No, no that I don't think at all. No, didn't no. get him in any trouble at all. And uh, yeah, he'll uh, he'll look phenomenal. And uh, yeah, you know, to go in uh, number thirteen, number six, and you know, I think they'll be doing a flip flop. And I'm looking forward to seeing Hill fight. Uh, you know, he just he seems like that style bender type of body type. Uh, yeah. He just has that lankiness. He knows how to throw those punches to disconnect. He doesn't have to throw with absolute massive power every time. He has that great movement, uh, that lankiness. They, you know, they always, they always talk about the reach being, you know, 78 inches, blah, blah, blah. But they don't talk about the, the, when a kick is launched, his, uh, his legs are super long. He was able to keep him out on distance. And when he throws those shots, they are actually powerful at the very end of those punches and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great performance. Uh, you know, he was he was the favorite, and and he he should have been because he was he's definitely the best better fighter. I think we're seeing, you know, Santos moving down and and Hill going up, and uh, yeah, I think one day we're gonna see him fighting for that for that belt. Yeah, as we should because like he's he's definitely an up and comer, and he's proven himself against a real vet at the top of his division. So I'm looking forward to who he gets next, who the UFC gives him next. Yeah, me too, yeah. 
Uh, co-main event was uh, really incredibly fun, too. Um, Vince, Vicente Luque, one of the toughest guys on the planet, and faced Jeff Neal, who um, just Jeff Neal looked amazing. I can't believe how much trouble he put Luque in with his shots. Another guy that had those straight punches that were finding the hole between his guard. And uh, Luque's legs were wobbling many, many times. Uh, and, and Neil just had that patience. He didn't try to go in and swing like crazy and try to bring him out of it. But, um, yeah, there was this was a disparity, too. Uh, Neil just seemed like the better fighter, patient, and was able to get the big knockout victory. Yeah, and he took time off in between his last fight and this fight and to, to, re uh, to reassess what needs to be worked on. And it was clear that whatever, what, all that work he put in definitely showed against one of the best fighters in his division in Vincente Luque. Because yeah. that first round, he almost had him out of there. Yeah. M more than a couple times. Yeah. All right? Yeah. More than a couple times. That And that dude is as durable as it gets. And oh, yeah. he kept continually hurting him. To Luque's credit, though, man came back in the second. Yeah. Started putting together his combos, started feeling himself. I believe when Neil went back to his corner, though, after the second, it's like, yeah, that was fun. What are you doing? Get on it. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. he kind of took the round off. Yeah. So he yeah. went back and did the same thing he did in the first. Started hurting him again and actually took him out. And I believe, I want to say this, I believe that was the first time Luke has ever been stopped. Nice. Yeah. Ever yeah, been stopped. First time. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, even Neil said in his uh, post-fight interview, for some reason, I always take the second round off. And it was shocking because that first round, he was so dominant. Uh, you yeah. didn't think Luke had a shot. Uh, Luke won that second round and had him, you know, Neil in a bit of trouble there. Uh, but, you know, once Neil said, okay, shh, whoops, uh, I should have <laughs> taken that round off. Here I go. And, uh, man, he just went at him. And holy cow, that was that was stylistically incredible. I was super impressed with him. Um, he called out uh, Gilbert Burns uh, for his next fight. And, uh, man, I hope they put that together. Uh, these two would be a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. Yeah, that would be a phenomenal matchup. And I just wanted to go briefly back. It was the left hand that kept hurting Luke in that fight over and over again. Over. He really didn't actually have a, an answer for his left hand. He did yeah. not have an answer for that whatsoever. Going forward, though, they got to make that fight happen. Because that would be a barn burn. If they yeah. make Neil and Burns, they make that a fight, I, I that that's must-see television. Totally. Absolutely yeah. must-see yeah. television. Yeah, because Burns, um, you know, his fight against Chemayev, uh, you know, I thought he fared really well. Uh, had Chemayev in a lot of trouble, way more trouble than anybody by far had ever had Chemayev. Uh, even though he lost, I, I think, you know, Burns is still super tough and, and durable and, uh, you know, amazing fighter. And I, I would love it if they put them together. A lot of times the UFC is bad with only matching guys up that came off a win each other uh, or both had a loss. So, you know, this would be unusual for matchmaking, but uh, he called them out. Uh, so, you know, make it happen. Make it happen. It'll be great. Yep. No, I, I think they should definitely make that fight happen. It just makes a lot of sense to me, and that, that's a fight that, as a as a UFC fan, I definitely want to see that fight. I want to see that fight now. Yeah, immediately. yeah. 
Uh, I loved it. Uh, going back to the uh, main, uh, main event, uh, when Jamal Hill called himself Mr. Apex, I got uh, a, a some stats here. Um, he's 5-0 and uh, with one no contest in the UFC. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez has six wins and one loss at the Apex. Sean Strickland is 5-0. and uh, Alexander Romanov, 5-0. and And Adrian Giannis, also 5-0. and in the apex uh can you believe that was uh usc apex vegas 58 they've had 58 uh matches in vegas since the covid uh hit um that's that's incredible that's a lot that's a lot that's a lot more than i thought they had to be yeah. honest with you I, I didn't think they'd actually had that many events there that shocked me oh blew my mind um one of the cool things about uh, Saturday night was it was the finish of the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, the Ultimate Fighter has had a few hiatuses in the last few years. But um, this was Tough Thirty, the Ultimate Fighter Thirty. Um, they started showing highlights of some of the you know, some of the champions, some of the great fights over the years, and it was really really neat to see uh, the fight that changed the sport. Uh, Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin. Um, awesome to reminisce and start seeing a lot of the people that have come from that. Uh, we see the Dana White Contender Series now being the uh, you know, breeding ground, but uh, Ultimate Fighter was how you got into the uh, into a USC contract. You went into a house, uh, spent a lot of time with these guys, had these incredible fights, and uh, 11 champions in the UFC came out of the ultimate fighter. And uh, now there are, have been 62 people that got contracts from the ultimate fighter. Um, it was awesome. I loved, I love reminiscing and seeing a lot of the footage. Um, yeah. What about you when you, you saw a lot of that stuff on Saturday night? Yeah, it was, it was great. It was like a, like a trip down memory lane, you know, and then and then you realize just how many people have come through the Ultimate Fighter show because it was the OG. That was the OG show, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. was the one that started off everything. Yeah. And so it was it was kind of and it was nice to see that they they brought it back. They brought it back and they brought it back with some thunder and lightning because like these four competitors in their fights, great fights, especially right. this one, Usman and Pagawa. Yeah. Like that, that, that I, I probably messed up Pagawa's name, Pagua, Pagawa. Anyway, he actually had speed for a big man. Yeah. He moved like his movement and it's like his in and out movement. I was very impressed by that. I was very impressed by that. But at the same time, the younger Usman, who was a bigger version of the elder Usman, yeah. that guy was a mountain of a man. He <laughs> is massive. Massive. massive absolutely massive yeah holy cow yeah it's crazy when your little brother is way 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 bigger than you <laughs> yeah yeah i i wonder how much kamara beat him up as they grew up and then he said all right the beating's gonna stop pretty damn soon buddy i'm a lot bigger than you now so this is it but um he uh even kamara came into the cage after that victory and said I think this is the first time two brothers have won the Ultimate Fighter and both got the contracts that way. Yeah, um, you know, and and Kamara is considered by many the pound for pound best fighter on the planet as we speak, and uh, it's cool to see his brother coming in and 
And uh, man, you are right. He is one physical specimen, one mountain of a man. Uh, yeah. Look out if he connects some of those shots. Uh, almost everybody's going out if he lands a bomb that he can throw. Yes, and when he landed that in the second round, and it wasn't like a it, that wasn't a punch that he was landing with all his power. That was a counter left hook. Yeah, bing, gone, and the man was flatlined as soon as his fist hit his chin. He was out. Yeah, out. <laughs> and then he hit him again. I don't think he needed to do that, but he did it anyway. Like yeah. I, I just felt bad for him. I'm like, oh man, look at him. He's unconscious and getting beat up. Unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of times, as we said, uh, the referee is just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And and usually by the time he can get over there and, and yeah. dive across, uh, the guy takes a couple of very <laughs> unnecessary shots. But yeah, I, I wondered if Pagua was going to get up for a while. It was yeah. those were some monster, monster shots. But but yeah, that like you said, it wasn't it wasn't a big load up. It wasn't a whole, it was just a bing, you know, and they hit him right right place and he was he was out. I thought Pago was actually winning the fight at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, me too. Yeah. But uh he just he couldn't take that shot and that was it. Yeah, and I and, and just looking at the physicality of both men when they were in the octagon, I'm like, that dude hits you once. Like he he kind of reminded me. Of like a, like Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. Sure. That's what he like a man built like that. It's like that dude hits you once. That's not gonna go well for you. No, that's yeah. not. Gonna go well for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you know. The, I I was amazed at the the training partners that both guys had. Um, Pago uh, trains with Blades and Overeem uh, in their you know in in his gym, and uh, Usman gets to train with Kamara. So. Uh, going in, I thought, man, this is going to be a hell of a fight. These guys get to train with some of the greatest fighters on the planet. And, uh, yeah, to see, uh, you know, another Usman in there, this is going to be exciting. I can't wait to see him fight soon. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. But I, even post-fight, I just got to say this, that dude is, is pretty terrifying and intimidating. Like, like as he was talking, like, like the, the, the focus and the intensity that he still had is just like, Hey, dude, I'm just asking some questions. Don't, don't try to fight me now. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. As that, soon as the, the referee uh, jumped in, Mark Smith called the fight off. Uh, he looked scary as he was running around. Uh, oh, my God. He was he he, he was uh, a scary beast. Uh, yeah. Look out, man. Uh, this guy is no joke. That's for sure. Holy no, God. no. No joke. No joke whatsoever. Yeah. I'm going to list off some of the uh, champions that came from the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I was blown away when I saw this list. I said 62 people. I'm not going to call all 62, but I'm going to call some of the guys that uh, ended up becoming champions uh, that came from the Ultimate Fighter. Michael Bisping, um, one of the greatest fighters of all time, ended up getting the uh, welterweight belt. Rashad Evans uh, was the guy that took it off of him. Tony Ferguson. Juliana Pena, Carlo Esparza, Rose Namajunas, um, Matt Serra, probably the biggest upset of all time uh, way back then over GSP, uh, Robert Whitaker, uh, TJ Dillashaw actually didn't win. Um, he was beat by John Dodson in the final, but 
Uh, Dillashaw ended up getting a contract anyway and uh, ended up getting uh, beating Henan Burrell, which was a big, massive shock. But, um, yeah, it was amazing to go down the list. Uh, we got Yair Rodriguez that came from there, Diego Sanchez, John Dodson, Kelvin Gastelum, um, on and on. Corey Anderson came from there. I, I was blown away by just how many guys I just kept going on and saying, oh, yeah, I forgot he came from there. Because yeah. there was just a period of time where Ultimate Fighter, we weren't paying attention to it as much as we did in the early days. And yeah. uh, these guys just kept coming through that and come through that. And a lot of them have had some really amazing careers. Yeah, yeah. Like Ultimate Fighter was able to open doors for these guys. And a lot of them oh, they took advantage of that, obviously, clearly came champions or just had great, great careers or continue to have great careers in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to post uh, some of this on the website so you can take a look if you, if you're interested, a couple Canadians, uh, Elias Theodoru and Chad Laprice, uh, both came and both were champions there. Um, yeah, just on and on and on to so many. But, uh, yeah, 62 fighters have um, gotten contracts out of the Ultimate Fighter, uh, 30 reiterations, or I guess 31, um, but uh, this was, it was tough 30. They had one that they called uh, the Ultimate Fighter Smashes. I don't know what. Uh, okay. or why. I don't know what even number that ended yeah. up being, but uh, 31 of them, and um it was great to, to see that heavyweight battle also there was a uh a women's uh a women's flyweight fight that came out of that uh tell me what you thought about um, that battle between those girls well i thought miller considering like like the body type of both ladies that were in the octagon i kind of i thought walker would have the strength advantage in the clinch yeah nope miller did yeah every time Surprising. Every time pushed up, uh, Walker was the one that went down and ended up on her back yeah. every single time. And on top of that, she didn't have the ability to scra- to create scrambles and get back to her feet. When she was down on the ground, Miller kept her down there and beat her up. Yeah. And she just had to rinse and repeat that for three rounds until finally the third round, she got the stoppage. Ground and pound, ground and pound, and she just kept ground and pounding until the ref said, I'm going to save your life. Fight's over. Yeah. She came uh, from Juliana Pena's team. So did uh, Usman and uh, Pau Guau. Uh, they were both Juliana Pena's team. So she had um, three of the four fighters in the finals uh, from her team. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. I, I think a lot of people would have been surprised that uh, Miller was the one that was uh, better in the clinch. Uh, it would go up against the cage. She would turn it around and get her down. And hold her down and uh, do really good. Um, But, yeah, you're right. Um, I I think a lot of people were surprised by that. Uh, I know that Walker wanted to have the fight standing, and she knew that was her advantage. But uh, it didn't look like Miller would be able to be that physical with her and be able to get those takedowns. But uh, her skill is is phenomenal, and uh, I look forward to seeing her in this women's flyweight division. Yeah, I look forward to her, too. And plus, on top of that, she's super young. Like she's yeah. just like she's really just like kind of like starting her life right. <laughs> and her career in the UFC. I hope to see her for a very long time and just see where her skill set gets to as she continues to evolve. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great, very great. 
what'd you think of the heavyweight battle between Augusta Sakai and Sergey Spivak? Uh, Sakai is a tough guy, but Spivak was uh, best we've ever seen him by far. And um, man, uh, yeah, light on his feet. Uh, really incredible um, performance and, and got the big t t uh, KO win. TKO win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he really did, and made it kind of look easy. Um, unfortunately for Sakai, I do need to work on his takedown defense. But Spivak had some actually really tricky, like, inside trips and stuff yeah. that I don't believe Sakai has probably seen too much of, even when he's rolling with his old people at his gym. Sure. Like, like, he was yeah. – Spivak was very slick with those trips. Very yeah. good. Like I, I was very impressed with that, how we got him down to the mat. And then once he got Sakai down there, well, Sakai wasn't getting back up. That was it. And no. once he got down there, that, that was he entered Spivak's his territory, his realm, and Spivak dominated him while he was down there. Yeah. He set a personal best with takedowns and just crushed him, just totally dominated him. He's won five of the last six. And um he's uh yeah, he's on a, a on a big rise and uh, yeah, look out. Um, yeah, I think he's he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, young guy and looking looking sharp. So uh, heavyweight divisions on notice. Uh, the fight that kicked off the main card was uh, T Rex Terrence McKinney over Eric Gonzalez and um, Ghost Pepper. You know, you're like, ah, oh, I'm a little nervous about that. But but T Rex, no man, it was. I'm going in. I'm taking this guy out. And holy cow, I, I I was blown away by his performance that night. Uh, I love McKenney's aggressiveness and his no-nonsense approach to it, the way he fights, which is, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to take you out as quickly as I can. <laughs> like, and yeah. that's what, that is literally his approach for every fight. But yeah. every fight, I believe he gets better at doing it. Yeah. He gets better at, like, literally, as he's fighting, breaking down his opponent. As he's doing it. And even with his body type, the man has an extreme amount of power. Yeah. With whatever limb he's hitting you with. Sure. Yeah. And which is, I find that like just utterly terrifying and amazing at the same time. Like, how can you have power that never goes away in either your right, your left, your left leg, your right leg? It doesn't matter. If he yeah. hits you with any of his limbs, you're going to get hurt yeah. very, very badly. And he yeah. shows that. And then he showed his submission skills too. Gets the rear naked choke win. I, yeah. I, was, I was super impressed. That was that was amazing. Yeah, he he's another one of those guys where you you know you think body type, um, you know, incredible. He's a small version of Jamal Hill, and uh, but the the power's there. Uh, you know, you just I think so many of these guys learn from Conor McGregor. You know, Conor McGregor just knew you know how to get those shots, where to land them, how to land them. The power's at the end of the shot, and uh, you like you say, but he's uh, you know he's got that power in all four limbs, and um, it was just flawless performance. And I love this call out, uh, Patty the Batty Pimblet. Uh, that's cool. There have been a bunch of guys trying to call him out now, but uh, Patty's on that rise that we saw Connor on. Um, but a lot of guys want to dethrone him. And um, yeah, I love the call out. Uh, hope it may. I hope it happens. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, those those two together would be a very entertaining matchup. Yeah, that would be a very entertaining matchup. I kind of wonder though, with the matchmakers, 
you know, kind of how they kind of pick and chose for Connor. Yeah. I had to look at that and be like, maybe not. Yes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Patty's quite ready for it, but, uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe in a couple fights. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Connor, they threw Connor into the Wolves. Uh, early on, but I think they're gonna take the time with Patty because yes. Patty hasn't had flawless performances. That's no. for sure. He's he's no. got rocked. Uh, you know, he's he's been in trouble. But um, but you know, I just feel like he's that type of personality. He's that type of guy that would uh, just rise to the heights that that Connor was able to rise to. Yeah, I think so. I think he he actually can develop the talent as well, just as long as he's brought along the right way. Now, because like he's no Kazmat Chimaya, because no. like literally nobody has been until he arrived, right? Yeah, so right. he's not that guy. That's why that guy is like, no, give me the wool, give me your word, and then then he he got his worst, and it's like, oh, he can still swim. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah, so true. Yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not Kamzat Jemaya, no chance. But, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna see Patty. Uh, I think um, go for years there. They'll they'll ease him into fights. They'll you know put him up against guys that he should beat, and for a little while longer. And then you know hopefully his skill level will catch up to that rise. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's what I think they're gonna do, and I think they're gonna be smart about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, we already talked about the feature prelim. Alvi, uh, yeah, moving on to another career. Uh, yeah, uh, let's talk about Brian Battle's big uh, KO win. Uh, Battle was the um, tough 29 winner, and uh, it was nice to see him included uh, with a lot of these tough alums. That was pretty great. And, um, man, another guy that uh, has some power, power, power in his shots. And uh, got a huge KO win. Yeah. No tell on his kicks. That's no. what I noticed. No. And, like, his striking was on point. It was beautiful. Yeah. And on top of that, again, this is another guy who goes, I don't have a lot of time. I, I Like, I'm hungry. I want to go get dinner. So yeah. I'm going to give you 45 seconds. 45 seconds. That's <laughs> about it. That's all he needed. But that head kick knockout, and that was a walk away, too. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I was – I actually kind of I, I watched it a few more times and I actually kind of felt like that kick was a little slow, but for some reason Sato was just like not even putting his hands up. Like it just was like, oh boom, oh I'm taking this in the face and I'm going down. Like that was weird because uh, it wasn't it wasn't as fast as I've seen most guys kick. Uh, but for some reason Sato did not see it coming, did not anticipate it. <laughs> and uh he went to sleep holy crap it was a it was a one of those highlight real ko head kicks yeah no, that was a baseball bat upside his head with was in the form of a leg yeah. and he went down hard oh yeah. man it was amazing uh he's on a seven point win streak and and looking great um yeah it was uh uh that was that was one of those kicks that we're going to see for years to come. And every time he steps in the cage, we're going to see that over and over and over again. Cause uh, it was, it was incredible. He, um, he dropped down from 185, and I think this uh, could be uh, very, very lethal for a lot of guys. He's got length, he's big, and he's got tons of power in his hands and his feet. And uh, that was probably a very good move. 
No, I think it's an excellent move, and it looks like he didn't actually have problems getting down to that weight. Oh. All he's got to do is just keep his diet right. I, I think that's this is definitely a division where he should be. That's where he should stay. Yeah. Uh, he had two call-outs. He called out Ian Gary and Brian Barbarina. He said, uh, Brian, you spell your name shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it turned out that wasn't true. Uh, he just <laughs> decided to throw that out there as a call out. But uh, yeah. Ian Gary, I love that call out. Oh, that would be phenomenal. I, th I, I, they should make that fight. Yeah. Both guys are on the up. I thought that was a very savvy move on Battle's part to call out Ian Gary first. I, I'm like, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. That should be a fight that they should make. Totally. And he said, uh, he, Knocked out. I think he said Barbarina knocked out one of his heroes, and I, I failed to look up who that hero was. Uh, maybe I can look it up as we're discussing. But um, the other thing was that that was the ninth fastest head kick finish in USC history at forty four seconds. Um, man, I I really want to see those top eight. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, for forty four seconds to be the ninth fastest. That's a that's a pretty crazy list. Yeah, that that's it's a nuts list because it's like, well, I, I thought I did pretty good. It's like, no, you're only ninth, buddy. They don't give ribbons for ninth, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a participation <laughs> ribbon for ninth. You don't quite uh, get on yeah. the podium for that, but but yeah, I was shocked that that was the ninth fastest. Oh, I think he's talking about Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Yeah, Robbie yeah. Lawler, Barbarina's last knockout, which just happened recently in July. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the reason for that call-out. But uh, Corey McKenna, the youngest female on the USC roster and male or female, the shortest reach. And uh, boom, it doesn't matter. Uh, she is young and short and has little small arms and legs, but... Uh, didn't matter. She gets a uh, great victory here over amazing uh, opponent in Miranda Granger. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing to see these young girls come in and uh, you know have a lot of disadvantages, but she didn't care. She was able to get in there and get a really big win. Like Granger, her thing was she she needed to create distance so she could throw her strikes because once she got down to the ground, McKenna got her got her down to the mat. She was lost yeah. clearly. She Trouble. was super lost because yeah. when uh, in the second where, where McKenna locked in the Von flu choke because Granger wouldn't let go of the headlock. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just mistake. inexperience. Yeah. That's inexperience. That's like literally inexperience. You assisted her. You choked yourself out pretty much. Yeah. You, you choked yourself out. Yeah. And so that goes with inexperience and hopefully she'll learn from that. But that was a great win by McKenna and knowing where her strengths lie, how she got in there to take her down. I, I thought it was a great win on her part. And and really unexpected because it's the first woman to ever win with a Von Fluch choke. And, yeah, sure. uh, you know, for her to, you know, say she's done it in practice, but never did it in a real fight, never even attempted it. Uh, for her to secure that at such a young age. Um, yeah, incredible and very impressive. And, um, yeah, I think she was pretty excited and happy. Um, I, I want to call her, like, killer not poppins like i hate that nickname uh you know mary poppins or something but yeah uh, yeah this is a kid that's a killer and and uh yeah it must be exciting 
for that team, alpha male, to see um, you know such a young girl have so much skill already and be able to to come in and they're mentoring her. I saw Uriah Hall in her corner and, and some of the other guys that he has on board. And um, yeah, I, I, you know, we're, we're, I think we're witnessing a girl that's going to hold a belt one day. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm excited to see what happens next in her career. And also, too, just how far she can go, you know, like, because, like, since she has those short limbs, I, it's almost like I always kind of picture a person with shorter limbs, like, always doing that peekaboo Mike Tyson thing where they just kind of dodge, weave it out, and then just throw huge bombs, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like sure, yeah. yeah, but for her, it would be, like, bobbing in and then just rushing them so they can, she can take them down, right? Like, it would just be a different approach, but kind of the same with a tweak to it, right, since it's yeah. MMA. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, okay, the women's fight that happened right before that, uh, we got to ask, uh, was it a tap or no tap? Uh, they, there's no video footage of it. Uh, you know, it was underneath her, and it was looking pretty serious. It, did, it didn't seem like she could probably get out of it. It was uh, deep. But then all of a sudden, she released it, and the referee's looking around like, uh, what happened here? Uh, oh, uh, okay. And Eggers was not admitting to it she was like no, yeah. what's going on here and uh what do you think uh did she tap well one of the judges the ref actually did a smart thing and he went to the judges because they all the judges are positioned diff in different places around the octagon the one judge was clear as day said clearly saw her tap yeah he he was adamant about right. that adamant yeah. so if he's saying not he tapped and also, too, I was just reading her body language. She wasn't really fighting it all that much until she, because I, I don't think she was sure if the video caught it. Sure. Right? So she was sure. probably looking, too, and saying, oh, they didn't see it. So now I can fight it. Yeah. I, I like, I, honestly, that's, I kind of believe that. I kind of believe that she did tap and she was trying to get away with one. I thought Bueno Silva was trying to be a sportsman in that, in that position because she could have easily broke her arm. Yeah. Sorry, it was yeah. deep. It was deep enough that she had her. Yeah. So be careful what you wish for, Miss Egger, because the next person that gets you in there, well, they're, they're just going to go for it. Yeah. Tap or not. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, because, uh, you know, when you look at it and you, you bring that sportsman, um, you know, moniker into it, uh, yeah, to, to let go of an arm bar, to let go of a submission hold, Really quickly, uh, you know, when somebody taps, uh, that is a very sportsman move. Uh, we have seen others that have just snapped the arm, snapped uh, the arm, dislocated the shoulder, dislocated the elbow, whatever it's been, and and yep. uh, you know that it is easily done. Uh, it sure made uh, Buena Silva very emotional. She yeah. was really upset by it. Uh, it it was um, yeah. It, it's just too bad it finished that way. Uh, I think she would have tapped. I don't think she would have got out of that. I think she was in a position where that arm was not going to be able to be released unless unless Buena Silva released it herself. Yeah, like I, when you look at the video and you look at how deep she had that arm bar, she wasn't getting out of that. As, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. she was not going to get out of that. The only thing that was going to happen was she was going to get her arm broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so with Buena Silva and I. I don't think personally, I don't think Bueno Silva did anything wrong. I think that was just her being a sportsman. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. All I'm saying is that now that 
other ladies have seen what Edgar does, it's like, well, I guess I just go and I just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It could have been a very, very bad move. Uh, she just sort of looked like a deer in the headlights, uh, just seemed to be super stunned and, uh, you know, just didn't, didn't say anything, didn't protest, didn't yeah. seem to, you know, say anything. It was just very weird how she handled it. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, there's not significant injury in her future, but you know, yeah, it, it to me, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see a video of it, but yeah. you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, it was good of the ref to go, and uh, there, I think the only mistake he made was when he went to a judge, we had his audio on, he said, What did you see? This guy yeah. said he saw a hundred percent a tap. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't yeah. have asked that or shouldn't have made that statement. He should have just said, What did you see? Did you see what a did tap? You, yeah, exactly. Or did you did not you see, see a tap? Yeah. yeah. He did, do not talk so, about so, what the other guys saw. Just yeah. what did you see? And if the guy saw it, great. If he didn't, he didn't. Then, yeah. When he said that guy saw, then the the other guy's like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, well, then obviously that, that's what happened, right? Like, yeah, 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 like, and you're right about that. He should he could have dealt with that a little bit better a lot better but as soon as i heard that the one judge said no i saw it it was right in front of me that yeah. was done it's yeah. done. done it's over you're right yeah yeah so great card amazing card uh you know for all finishes uh you know next time just don't even bring the judges please just leave them at home we don't need them we don't want them i don't want you know i'd love to see just cards finishes 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 um in in the UK, when they had all those finishes, there was 13 bonuses handed out. I was a little disappointed to see that uh, the bonuses weren't handed out as much on this one. And uh, I, well, yeah, I mean, when you got all finishes, how do you decide on that? What, what you know, what is the criteria? Were you, uh, were you hoping that they all got bonuses? I sure was. Well, of course I was, because like you just said, it was the second time in the UFC's history that it's happened. So reward them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Dana Dana White is always on on TV, on the air saying, I want exciting fights. I want to see finishes. What just happened? All finishes. Yeah. Reward them then. Reward like, them. If that's what you always want to see. And then you know what? You'll 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 be sending a message to all your fighters on the roster, which is, oh, he's a man of his word. He backed it up. Yeah. Gave him all bonuses since it was like the second time it's ever happened. It's probably not going to happen again for another decade. Yeah, yeah. So open up the purse a little bit, and um, yeah, the bonuses went to uh, Hill and Santos got fight of the night, so they both got fifty k each. That makes uh, sense. Jeff Neal, Muhammad Usman, and Brian Battle were the ones that. Um, Got it, but uh, yeah, they everyone made a finish. I, I, you know, I saw it happen in the UK. Uh, I think it could have happened here, as you know, the, as I said, the last time it happened was 2014, and it hasn't happened uh, from 2005 on. So, uh, yeah, it just didn't didn't make sense to me that they didn't just uh, give them all a bonus for everyone finished, but. But I'm not in charge of the money, but hey, you know, next time when we see that, let's do it. Let's do it, okay? Well, it, it's a good, it's just a good idea. Like like I said, like if you want to send a message to the, your your roster, well, that's a good message. It's like, 
ah, the second time that's happened, or if it ever happens again, ever happens again, that time, make sure you do that. Do it, yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Um, let's look ahead to next weekend's card. Uh, we've got a card from the great city of San Diego, one of my favorite cities in the U.S., uh, beautiful, beautiful spot. Uh, we've got the uh, prelims going early. The main card starts at 4 p.m. Pacific, so make sure you can check it out. Um, a great battle in the bantamweight division against uh, with former champion Dominic the Dominator Cruz against Marlon Chito Vera. Uh, I've seen both these guys be interviewed the last little bit for this, and for some reason, Chito is very angry and throwing a lot of venom Cruz's way, and Cruz is just. I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know why he's mad at me. I, I got no problem with him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Cheeto seems to need a lot of uh, animosity and venom uh, against him. But um, Dominic Cruz is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Uh, you know, has unfortunately had some injury history in his career that has made him miss uh, big, big chunks of time. But um uh, I think, you know, he might be getting a little long in the tooth, possibly. Uh, is uh, Cheeto Vera the new blood that's uh, going to take over, uh, you know, f you know, and, and sort of put Cruz down the uh, down the list a little bit? Or uh, are we going to see uh, Cruz at, you know, some of his uh, dominating best, uh, who, some of the greatest movement uh, we've ever seen in the UFC? And that's what I think this this fight will come down to is his movement. It will come down to can Vera limit his movement and can Cruz just show that his movement is still there and yeah. is still in dominating fashion as it always has been. All right. Yeah. That's what this fight will be all about. Yeah. And if Vera can limit that, if he can mitigate that with calf kicks, leg kicks, because I'm pretty sure he's literally going to be attacking Cruz's legs the entire fight. Cruz sure. has to know that. Yeah. He's got to know that. that that's, that's probably one thing that he's definitely going to do so he can limit that movement, that crazy movement of his. And I think with that being said, I think Cruz is smart enough to be setting traps, feints yes. and traps to try yes. to trap him the entire yeah. time. It's going to be a high IQ kind of fight. I am super looking forward to it. And after this fight, we'll see where both men lie. Is Vera yeah. going to be able to get in that upper echelon of that, wait, that division finally? And is Cruz going to be taking a step down or is Cruz still... Dominic Cruz, Dominator Bold, yeah. and Vera still not there yet. We're gonna yeah. find. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. Yeah, I love Dominic Cruz um, in his current role as one of the analysts. Uh, you know, one of the guys cage side. But uh, you know, I've been very highly entertained uh, with his fights over his career, and uh, you know, I have been sad for him that he's missed so much of his career due to injuries. But uh, when he has that movement on point uh exciting amazing uh you know one of those mixed martial artists that you just really 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 can't wait to see because uh he, he's just incredible at his craft but um yeah cheeto's gonna attack those legs and if cruz has that movement uh and, and keeps away from it i think he's got a really good shot but um yeah uh, you never know what's gonna happen so um can't wait for it yeah i can't wait for it i i'm very much looking forward to this fight yeah I, I can't I I'm honestly I don't know who's gonna win. I really don't. I think it's yeah. that close. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um yeah, main card, uh, you know, a lot of not not big, big names, but um I want to focus 
on the prelims. Uh, don't forget the prelims. Uh, we've got uh, our local girl from here, uh, Lapita Godinez, uh, fighting Angela Hill. That'll be uh, great, great to watch. Um, the prelims start about 1.30 uh, Pacific time here. Um, that featured prelim between Bruno Silva and Gerald Mearshart will be awesome. Uh, both guys are tough as nails. And uh, for a middleweight division, um, yeah, it's it's going to be a battle. Yeah, that's going to be a battle. And that, that's a great way to cap off the prelim card for sure. I'm looking forward to that fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's going to be great. Um uh, super excited. Let's have another uh 10 12 finishes uh with this one and uh yeah, let's uh spend some of Uncle Dana's money and uh, get it out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, man. You you got to spend his money. You got you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to try to get as much of his money as you possibly can. Put on some great performances, get some finishes. I don't know if they're going to be able to equal what we just saw, but at least, uh, hopefully, we get half. I like yeah. to see. It. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's finish it off with some NFL talk. Um. There was some very sad news that happened uh, this morning. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was arrested today in Las Vegas. Um. DUI and uh, three other charges uh, will be thrown on top of him for uh, what happened today and his interaction with the police. Um, he was uh, just yesterday named a special correspondent for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they made a big announcement and uh, brought him on to the management of the team. He is in charge of uh, producing creative content for a variety of projects for the Seahawks. He spent uh, seven of his 12 NFL seasons in Seattle, won a Super Bowl there. Would have won a second Super Bowl if they would have just handed him the ball. And, yep. uh, yeah, he would have been back-to-back -back Super Bowl champ. Uh, went back to Seattle as a sort of stopgap measure this past year. Uh, brought him in for a couple games, but I was really excited and happy. And hey, uh, he's back in Seattle, got a job with the organization. And then the next day, he celebrates by getting arrested. Oh man, uh, geez, why do these guys uh do this kind of stuff? What, like, oh man, you just got this great job and you can't get somebody to drive you to wherever you're going, like. There's Ubers, there's Lyfts, there's taxis, there's limos, there's friends, there's like, why, 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 why do we have to see this happen so often? Yeah, it's poor decision making and probably obviously be influenced by, you know, alcohol. Yeah. Very, very poor decision making. But uh, at the same time, ah, you know what it's all about. You know, you're a grown man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you make these choices. Unfortunately, that was a bad decision. That was a very bad choice. Yeah. He's going to be paying for it. I don't know if he's going to be retaining his job after this season. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Might be gone. Yeah, so. that, that, that deal might uh, fall through the cracks, and uh, they might have said, uh, um, I, I think you're mistaken. I don't think we had a press <laughs> conference about that. Uh, I, yeah. I think I think you were probably drinking that day because <laughs> we uh, – 
We didn't. No, none of us remember ever giving you that job offer. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's. Uh, I don't think that happened. That happened in an alternate reality, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Um, turn to some good news about the NFL. There was eight uh, football uh, players and coaches enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this past weekend. Uh, really recommend watching the speeches. It's always just such a pleasure to get an opportunity to see a lifelong dream uh, reached. Uh, there are only 362 men in the history of pro football to be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, it was uh, it was moving, uh, especially the speech from Bryant Young, uh, defensive lineman for the 49ers. Um, dial that up. I'll try to put a link on the website if you want. Um, he lost his son to uh, a disease uh, a few years ago, and um, he he was really choked up, uh, dedicated to his son. He's He said his son's favorite number was always 22, and uh, he's being enshrined in the year 2022. And, um, yeah, it was there was not a dry eye in the place uh after he uh, made this very moving speech yeah that's uh that's tough that, that's 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 tough it's tough for any parent to lose their child before them you know what i mean so yeah. um he got he had a lifelong dream accomplished but i'm sure he would have appreciated it if his son was with him to see it as well yeah yeah um some of the guys that uh made it in richard seymour uh he spent uh Eight years with the Pats, four years with the Raiders. He won three Super Bowls. Uh, Cliff Branch, unfortunately, was not uh, alive to see his induction. Uh, he was a Raider for 14 years, three-time Super Bowl champion. Uh, Tony Baselli, uh, lineman that was the first Jacksonville Jaguar to ever uh, make the Hall of Fame. Uh, Leroy Butler, uh, DB for Green Bay. Uh, he actually was the guy that created the Lambeau Leap. First guy that ever leaped into the crowd at Lambeau Stadium in Green Bay. And kind of cool. Uh, Coach Dick Vermeil, um, he won a couple of uh, Super Bowls with the Rams and the uh, Eagles. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. Uh, I recommend uh, dialing it up and watching some of the speeches. Uh, really moving, moving for all of them. Oh, yeah. And I, I do want to add on to like the fact that Coach Dick Vermeil got in. I love that dude. That dude is as real as it gets. Yeah. He's just so honest and open with his like his emotions and stuff. Like, like he's even said in other interviews, like, I'm a crier and I'm good with it. I cry. I've always appreciated everything that he brought to the table. And then also too believing in his guys. Yeah. Believing in all his guys, there, there's this, this is great interview of Coach Vermeil saying, telling Dante Hall, "You're my guy, I believe in you," nice. and then Dante Hall had that amazing season of all those kick returns and punt returns for touchdowns, awesome. and that only came about because Coach Vermeil sent him overseas to learn how to be a wideout, wow. so that they can incorporate him into the offense. Cool. That helped him build his confidence and he 
rewarded Coach Vermeil with that ridiculous season that he had. Amazing, hey. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, he was always so motivating. Uh, he, he just had incredible speeches. He had so much energy on the sideline. He just looked like he was having the time of his life and yeah. it just rubbed off on his guys. And, and he, he, he had the longest speech by far out of any of the guys. It had to be 20 minutes or so. And he was, he was having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And I, I've always loved him too. Um, I was always an Eagles fan growing up. And, uh, you know, to see him uh, with the Eagles for many years and then, you know, go with the Rams and, and get that Super Bowl win and stuff. And, yeah, I love Coach Vermeil. Holy cow. Uh, great to see him finally get it. Uh, there's not a lot of coaches in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for some reason. He mentioned a lot of guys that I was really shocked that aren't in there. Uh, it's kind of weird. I don't understand that. Uh, I think that's something that they better get on and get a lot of these great old coaches in there. Oh, of course, yeah, because like we've had a ton of great coaches. It's, it's like, well, I, I hope they get Belichick in there. Uh, maybe he doesn't make it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they might actually have to have a different wing for him, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have all the memorabilia and all the trophies and all the uh, – I mean, uh, he might have a separate wing. Yeah, yeah. He's it, kind of earned it. He's kind of earned it. Yeah. Well, man, this was awesome. Uh, yeah, it's getting more fun all the time. I'm glad uh, we could reschedule it. Sorry about missing uh, it yesterday, but this was uh, this was a blast. Uh, we got into talking about everything, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, man, we're having great weather. I hope you have a an, an awesome week ahead, uh, you lucky guy that you're not working. Uh, I'm actually on my Thursday because uh, tomorrow is my last day for about a week, so um, I'm not sure what we'll do about next week. We'll have to sort of make a, we'll have to figure it out. We might not have a podcast next week. I might be away, but, um, yeah, as I said, awesome as always. Thanks so much for doing this. Oh, Hey man, thanks for having me. Thanks for bringing me along. And also too, you have to understand Darren, we're allowed to have vacations. It's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Have a great week ahead and uh, keep in touch. Okay, will do. Okay. See you Cheers. later. Good night. Bye for now. Bye. Okay, that was awesome. That was great. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, yeah, we got covered a lot of subjects as always and uh, had a lot of laughs. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Uh, I want to thank my partners and sponsors. Um, we got uh, Anchor.fm, easiest place to make a podcast, and phenomenal at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. So thank you to them. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in the technology, performance, and value. V350 stick is a must-have for anybody that plays hockey in your midst. Uh, Pampas Possibilities, uh, designers of West Coast, beautiful things for your home. Get them to spruce that up uh, and... You will not be disappointed. And Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company for health and beauty products. Aloe Vera is phenomenal for those types of things. And you can purchase all these products on our website at discounted rates. So go over and do that. Uh, you'll be happy you did. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, tomorrow's my last day of work for about a week. We might have a short hiatus, but uh, uh, keep tuning in. Uh, checking out our website, Complete Media Network. Tons of great stuff we're putting up all the time. And uh, yeah, you have a great week. 
I hope you're uh, taking some holidays yourself this summer. And um, yeah, including a little bit of complete uh, <laughs> complete sports and complete media in your life. So take care of yourself. Have a good week or two ahead. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye for now.